Welcome to the Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin, where to begin, grow, and aspire to become the best stylist you can be. Whether you're thinking about becoming a stylist, opening a salon, or developing your skills as an experienced stylist, the next step of your beauty career starts here. Each week, we'll discuss strategic ways to design, plan, and execute on becoming a stylist that excels behind the chair and above the bottom line. Here's your host, Tracy Franklin. So truth telling, I knew even back in school that I wanted to be a luxury stylist. We had some ladies that worked in a salon here in town come into the school that I went to at the time, and they just looked fabulous, man. They were dressed to the nines. Their hair was cool. I could just tell that they were like a really cool hairstylist. And I just knew that that was a good example of what I wanted to be when I graduated. So what do I mean by luxury stylist? To me, luxury is a matter of opinion or a preference. So booking a room in a high-end hotel with a soft, white, fluffy bathrobe might not mean anything to you. Or someone like me, like I look at that, especially if they're slippers. Oh my gosh, if there's a bathrobe and slippers, now I'm in heaven. To me, that is a very luxurious experience. But luxury really is up to the individual. Professionally, when I think about a luxury salon, it's working in a salon that is modern, you know, and has modern amenities for the guests and the stylist. You know, they have those boutique products that are exclusive to a certain caliber of salon. And they offer luxury services like hair extensions and keratin treatments and priced for women who can afford these services or prioritize them. I'm careful to use the word afford because I do believe every woman deserves to have luxury hair services. And I think a lot of them are willing to prioritize that experience and forego other things in their life to create a budget for that. So when I say afford that, I'm not meaning someone with a certain income level. I'm talking about people who love their hair and that's where they're willing to put their money. I don't know if everyone should want to, you know, work in a high-end salon or be in that high-end sector of the industry because I don't think it's for everyone. How do you know if it's for you? If you enjoy the simpler things in life, then it may not be for you. If you are someone who doesn't mind where they get their haircut and you can't imagine spending a thousand dollars on your own hair, then you're going to have a hard time like getting clients to buy into a belief that not even you have. You know, if you enjoy a more minimized menu of services, maybe you just enjoy haircuts or haircuts in basic colors. You know, now if you light up like a Christmas tree every time someone's booked for high end services, then it is probably an environment that you're going to enjoy. I have always considered myself to be a luxury stylist. Like I said, I knew in school that's what I wanted and I have never wavered. Now, I've been in bigger places and I've been in smaller salons as well, but the level of service that I offer my clients always remained really high value. One of the things that I think has made the biggest impact on the way people perceive me as a stylist is my certificates. Like I have always made a big deal out of all my continued education that I've acquired and all of the certificates that I have on the wall. 
that has just always been important to me. And I do feel like people see that and they're impressed by it. And I've always looked the part of a high-end stylist. I enjoy that. I'm not saying that you have to be dressed to the nines every time that you go out. We'll do a different episode on that. I do feel like you should always look nice and you should always have good hair because I think it's good for business. But I love fashion. So that's important to me. So that did not feel like a sacrifice. And I've always paid it forward. I've offered mentorships. I've taught in schools. I volunteered my gifts and my talents in various ways for other charity as well. And I feel like when people see me doing that, they know that I'm not just a good stylist. I also try really hard to be a good person. So what really separates a luxury stylist from a normal stylist? Well, like we spoke on earlier, in part, it's your environment and your menu and how educated you are. But it's also a mindset. I have seen stylists become rising stars in an average environment. I want to use an example. There's a girl that lives in Livingston, and I just find her to be so impressive. You know, she grew up in a smaller town, went to school in a smaller town, and now owns a salon in this smaller town. And it's just been so incredible to watch her journey through school, working at a salon, building her clientele. She became passionate about hair extensions and then she's built her entire career on hair extensions. And now she has a salon with like six or seven other just beautiful, bubbly girls like her, like offering great high end luxury services, doing beautiful work. And I just find that to be so impressive. Like it really doesn't matter where you start out. If you have a luxury mindset, you are going to rise in this industry. So is luxury about the price? I mean, this is probably going to rub a few people wrong, okay? Some people will never allow themselves to experience luxury because of the price. It may even be something they really want to do, a restaurant they really want to try, but they can't wrap their mind around the idea of spending that much money on something. And that's okay. That doesn't make them wrong. But it does make it hard to enroll them in a luxury mindset when they've already got that thought. You know, they're already like, no way, I would never spend that much money. For some people, it will just not be where they place their value. Okay, so I want everyone to stop and think for just one second about that richer than God person that you know who always looks like shit, like who could literally care less about buying something designed in the last 20 years. You know, like it just doesn't equate luxury. It just doesn't matter to everybody. For some people, you know, the idea of going to a luxury salon may sound good, but they hesitate to believe they're worth it. There are other things in life that are more important than them, and it's really hard to change their mind. And the truth is, I grew up dirt poor on Bayview Circle in Benicia, California in government housing in the ghetto. But there was a part of me early on that knew that I liked the nicer things in life. I was always impressed by my friends whose parents like had it together, you know, nice houses, great closets. I knew the ghetto wasn't for me. There was something different about me than like my friends that were perfectly fine being there. And I've worked really, really hard to have the quality of life that I have. And I'm not just talking about stuff. I'm talking about experiences, going places, traveling, creating time and space with those that I love. And I mean, my tastes are only getting richer. You know, there's no going back now. 
That's the one thing about luxury is that it's a feeling. I'm going to use my experience with Gucci as an example. Okay. So I've had knockoff bags. I'm just here to tell you I have. Everyone has. I can't say everyone. I think a lot of people have carried a knockoff bag at some point. And, you know, I'm at a point now where I can have authentic bags. And there is definitely a difference in the experience. You know, when you buy a knockoff, it's all wrapped in plastic and the strap is twisted and it smells like fish and it's just like, ew, (laughs) you know? And then you get a real bag and if you go into the store and buy it, there's someone there that like is literally making it their job to be your best friend and let you know about all the things that they have. And it doesn't feel pushy and icky like it does, you know, when you're walking around Sam's Club and that same guy's trying to sell you direct TV for the 105th time. It's different. Like you feel welcome. You feel invited. It's an experience. And I keep using the word experience because that's what it is. I've also ordered a Gucci bag before, and as it arrives to your house, someone has to sign for it. They're not just going to drop that off with your Amazon boxes. Someone has to be home. And when you open it, it's just this unraveling of beautiful paper and sturdy boxes and everything smells different. And it's just a different experience. And that is what I mean by luxury. You know, there are versions of luxury salons and they are everywhere, not just big cities. Again, luxury is a mindset. Someone will call treating themselves to a $100 hot stone pedicure at some fancy day spa luxury, while the next person will call getting a pedicure at all ever (laughs) a luxury. To somebody, that's luxury, where other people need a more elevated environment. Now, you don't have to have a niche to be in a luxury salon. You don't have to. I think if you want to be seen as a luxury stylist, you should offer at least three higher end services. For me, it would be hair extensions, Brazilian blowouts and balayage. But for someone else, it might be vibrant colors and lash extensions and permanent makeup. It really doesn't matter if you don't know if one of the services that you offer is high end or not. Think about how much time you've spent getting good at that. When I think about that, I think about my daughter who just got her microblading certification who had to spend an entire year as an apprentice. To me, that's a high-end service. That's somebody that spent a lot of money getting that certification and spent a lot of time getting good at it. That feels luxury to me. That feels high-end. I think the hardest part about having a high-end brand as a stylist is the money talks. You know, I mean, they are just uncomfortable. For me, it wasn't because I didn't think I was worth it as a stylist, but because you have to be so careful about how you phrase things and you have to word things just right. You want to say it just right. For example, I would say higher price point instead of expensive. Doesn't that sound different? Like, doesn't that hit differently? I would say investment instead of cost. Some examples of conversations with my clients that I may have had about their services and about money, you know, because my front desk is extremely thorough, but they are not stylists. They do the best they can when they book services. But a lot of times your client's going to come in and want something different. So a new conversation with a client would be like, So you were booked for a partial, but during our consultation, I discovered you would like a more lived-in look. So now we're going to do a balayage. The service for that is at a higher price point. Do I need to go over that with you before I get started? 
Do you notice how that was not me asking her if she could afford what she wanted that day? That was just her knowing that she probably called and she probably asked what it would cost to get that service with me. And I didn't want her to go to checkout and it'd be $100 more expensive and my front desk person have to explain that to her. That's the right move right there. That's high end. So you got to have these money talks. When you ask them if there's anything that you need to go over before you get started, this is their chance to speak up. If they need a breakdown of the service plan for the day, I have no problem with that, but they do have to speak up or else we're going to just proceed. We also have a new client contract. So me and the stylist at my salon better be sure everything's out on the table before we ask them to sign that. So the conversation with the return client is a little bit different. This is a client maybe that has expressed a desire to change things up a little bit. So I might say, since we're changing things up and straying from the normal service plan, there will be some additional charges today. Do we need to go over that before we get started? Again, I'm not asking her if we can afford it. I'm letting her know it's going to be more expensive. And I'm asking her if that matters to her and giving her a chance to answer that. The answer has always been no. But if a client were to say yes, I would get out my calculator and I would go over that ticket in detail. Yes, we bonded with our return clients, but this is still a business transaction. And we need to be respectful to those who function within a beauty budget. Being a luxury client does not equal a license to spend. We still need to assume that these people are still working within some kind of parameters. And if it's going to vary in price... The respectful thing to do is have the money talk. And to me, that's one of the most uncomfortable parts. So maybe you're wanting to start transitioning into the luxury market. It may or may not require a relocation. You know, that depends. If you are working in a really low class environment, I don't really know how else to explain it. If I mean, if you're working somewhere where, you know, maybe there's some drama and there's some backbiting or maybe it's not very clean or any of those kinds of things, it may be hard for you to get clients to buy into a high-end experience in that environment. And you may have to think about going somewhere else. It may be a sufficiently nice environment that could work if someone were willing to elevate it. And maybe you're the person for the job. So someone asked me, am I going to need to change my aesthetic and my presentation if I want to be a higher end stylist? And I said, baby, you got to share it to wear it. And so what I mean by that is, for example, in the last 12 years, you would be hard pressed to find a time where my extensions were out of my head for more than 24 hours. I have them in when I have long hair, when I have short hair, when I have medium length hair. I love wearing hair extensions because I can have the hair I dreamed of no matter what that dream is. And for me, as a stylist who really likes to do hair extensions, I know that being able to show clients versatility with hair extensions is a huge selling point. Whatever services you're burning to do, you need to look like someone that a potential client could trust to do this look on them. And I know that's kind of crazy. And I think it just attracts more interest and will build up more potential for you to build your clientele. So if I get a compliment on my hair now, I just say, yeah, I'm a hairstylist and I'm trying to book them with someone at my salon now because I'm not accepting any new clients. So we've talked in great detail, you know, about some of the services that a luxury stylist would do that they would get paid for. 
But I would also like to talk about added value services, which you will oftentimes find in high-end salons. And they range anywhere from hand massages or scalp massages with essential oils or makeup touches or comforting tea or coffee. Like there are amenities that high-end salons offer that regular salons simply don't. If you're a high-end stylist and you want your clients to perceive you as such, then your social media should play a huge role in how you represent yourself. You still need to make sure that you're very, very real and very authentic. You need to be posting work that you want to do more of. If Brazilian blowouts are a service that you want to increase, then you need to be posting several pictures of nice, smooth, silky hair. And again, get tons of content. One ideal client is all you need. Reach out to that ideal client ahead of time and say, hey, I love that you're getting this service. I'm wanting to do more of these. I'm going to get a ton of content while you're here with me today. If you don't mind, please make sure that you've got some makeup on and plan on staying a few minutes afterwards so that I can get some photos. Boom. I've literally never had a client be anything other than flattered that I want them to be on my social media. You can use different lighting and different backgrounds to make your content go a long way. I've even seen stylists bring like a denim jacket or a fur jacket to throw over someone's shoulder so that the hair looks different. I mean, there are so many things that you can do that don't take a lot of effort that will get your social media really popping with the kind of work that you want to do. Use your local hashtags. I mean, if you're wanting to do extensions, then I would do hashtag whatever town you live in extensions. If you're wanting to do more permanent cosmetics, same thing. Hashtag list your town cosmetics. People are still using hashtags to search local service providers. And I say post little things about your personal life. I mean, things you're passionate about or things you want people to know about you, the kind of people that really care about you and really matter. Post things that make you you. And yes, pets count. How does a high-end stylist create an experience that's unmatched, you know, by your everyday regular salons or stylists? You have to decide what you're going to do to stand out. What are you going to offer that will make people choose you? I like to call these the points of difference and you need to figure out what yours are going to be. So there are a lot of expectations that clients are going to have that they wouldn't have from a lower end place. If someone's going to dig deeper in their pockets for the hair that they've always dreamed of, then they are going to have higher expectations. I mean, wouldn't you? You can exceed your client's expectations by beating them to the punch. And what I mean by that is as an extension wearer, I know what my clients can expect on day two. I know that they're going to have a little bit of tension and that sleeping for the first couple of nights isn't going to hurt, but they're going to feel it. I know that they need to make sure that they comb their wefts thoroughly every time they shampoo it. These are all things I know because I've taken the time to, yes, do my research, but also wear the extensions that I'm selling other people. So I know how I can prepare them. And I find that to be incredibly impressive. So when I'm solving problems that they haven't even experienced yet, like that gives me a really good opportunity to show up strong for them. Have a thorough consultation with your clients and go over literally everything. You can also create care packages and insurance kits for your clients for the services that they receive so that they have everything that they need 
to maintain their hair at home and make your work look better all the time. Not to mention like all the trust that you're building while you're doing this. For Brazilian blowouts, we offer a maintenance kit that includes a shampoo, a conditioner, and a bonding spray. For hair extensions, we have insurance kits that include Aveda shampoo and conditioner and a wet brush and some of the other items that they need. I think it's worth the time and effort to offer high-end luxury service. I wouldn't be where I am today without stepping out of my comfort zone time and time again. If I would not have believed that I was worth it, that I was worth a satisfying career and giving myself my own dream hair in the process, you know, extensions are easy for me to promote because they've changed the way I feel about my own hair. I love that I can feel free and bold and confident to change my look up as often as I want. And I do feel like I inspire my clients to do the same thing in the process. Really luxury or not. I mean, people just feel satisfied when they feel like they got what they paid for. And once you become skilled at something through hard work and dedication, then you can charge your worth. There are people out there that charge $1,200 for a haircut. So what services you provide is not what determines what makes you high end or not. It's the belief in yourself that you can charge that because your work is worth it. It's also a mindset and the way that you deliver the experience to your guest. As someone that's created a luxury salon and barber academy, I think created an elevated experience for my guests and my students is so important. It's important to those who desire to grow in that kind of environment. That matters to people. It matters to those who choose to receive their services in that kind of environment. And it turns out that there's quite a few of us. So cheers to all my bougie babes. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The Aspiring Stylist Podcast with Tracy Franklin is a Morgan Franklin production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin. Editing and post-production by Mike Franklin. Want to find out more about Tracy and the Aspiring Barber and Beauty Academy? Go to AspireBarberAndBeauty.com.